in all the words that have ever been spoken throughout human history, in every language, culture, context, words spoken out of every logic and reason for every purpose and out of every emotion, no words have been more astounding, no words more horrific than these. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus cries on the cross to the God with whom he is united. He is God himself, and God has been abandoned by God. The unity of the Trinity is seemingly broken here. The Lord Jesus, God from all of eternity, the one through whom all things were made, experiences here forsakenness, abandonment, separation, as if his very soul has been ripped in two. Such a powerful experience this was for the gospel writers, Matthew and Mark, that they recorded it in its original language, Aramaic. And something about that moment was so holy, so profound, and so horrific that it defied translation. They record the original Aramaic, Eloi, Eloi, Lemes Sebechthani. And we wonder what agony, what despair, what desperation and brokenness is in these words of the Lord Jesus on the cross. But of course, even in his agony and in the midst of this torture, Jesus is showing his faithfulness and trust in God. Because in this cry, he's quoting Psalm 22. His last moments are quoting scripture back to God. He's issuing his complaint out of the words of scripture. And this psalm, Psalm 22, is a psalm that ends with the victory of God proclaiming his dominion over all the earth. Jesus, quoting this psalm, is showing his faithfulness to the mission of God. He knows why he is here. He knows what the end goal is, which is the victory of God over sin and death. But his faithfulness and dedication to that mission makes his suffering and agony no less real. His pain is as real as his dedication to God, even in these last moments. The pain of separation and forsakenness he's experiencing is very real, but so is his trust in his Father. And I want to just explore very briefly these final words of Christ on the cross, this cry of dereliction, as it's often called. And I want to just look at two questions with you. What was the source of his agony? And what does that mean for us here and now? So first we ask, why does Jesus, who is God himself, experience forsakenness from God? Jesus comes to the cross already utterly alone and rejected. He's been rejected by his own people, the Jews, He's been scorned and spat upon by the Romans. His own disciples, his friends, abandon him and deny him here at his darkest hour. 
But worse than all of this is the separation and the forsakenness he feels from God, his Father. This feeling of God-forsakenness that he expresses in this cry. This here is the final blow before he gives up his spirit. He feels this with such agony and despair that he cannot help but scream out this agony. And all this time, Jesus is still God. He's still the second member of the Trinity. God the Father has not forgotten him or turned his face away. This is God's will from beginning to end for Jesus to suffer and die on the cross. That is why he came into the world. Jesus knows that. God the Father knows that. The Spirit knows that. But in taking on the sin of the whole world, in his body, in experiencing the suffering of this torturous death, Jesus is experiencing somehow the separation that sin creates between us and God. In that moment, I think it's not exaggerating to say that Jesus experiences the reality of the torment of hell on the cross. Because hell is only the ultimate separation from God. Sin is separation from God. At its core, every action of sin that we commit, every thought, every word, and every deed of sin that we commit against God, at its core is that we are separated from God. Jesus took on himself the sins of the whole world, Jesus went through what we should go through. Jesus went through what many will go through. The reality of hell itself that's, that's reserved for those who reject God because they're so consumed by sin and this separation. God himself took on your sin. God took on your forsakenness so that you might be reconciled to God, that you might come into a relationship with him that leads into everlasting life. In 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21, Paul says another astounding statement, that Jesus, who knew no sin, he became sin, so that we might become the righteousness of God. We don't understand the mystery of this great exchange. But Jesus somehow became sin. And sin is separation from God. Jesus took on that separation for you. He took on your sin so completely, so fully, that somehow it temporarily broke that perfect union he has with God the Father and God the Spirit. Our sin was the agony of his separation. Our sin was his forsakenness. But his suffering is our salvation. This is something that is really difficult for us to engage in personally. Because it implicates us. It calls us out as the guilty party. I'm guilty of Jesus' suffering. But to come to the cross, to hear these words of Jesus personally, 
To know that it's my sin that held him there. It's my sin that was at the root of his forsakenness. This is the essential first step to receiving the gift of what he died for. The salvation that he won for you and for me. He experienced forsakenness for us. And we ask the second question, what does this mean for us here and now? I know that that happened 2,000 some years ago. But why are we still remembering it year after year here on Good Friday? What does it mean for me in the midst of a pandemic? There's a couple things that I think it means for us. First is that when we suffer, Jesus shows us how we can suffer faithfully. How we can still put our full trust in God and to suffer and to cry out to him in our despair and anguish and pain and hurt, remaining faithful to him. Keeping our trust in him. How to be very real with God in our pain, in our struggles, in our hurts. How to cry out to him knowing that he's the one who knows what it's like to experience the very depths of pain and suffering. God wants to hear your complaints. And he can take it because he's been there. Secondly, it shows us that when we are in a place of feeling abandoned, when we feel forsaken, when we feel a separation from God that he's not near to us. This does not have to be the final word in our lives. If you have come to the cross of Christ, if you've received the gift of his death and resurrection for your sake, knowing that he took on the burden of your sin on his body so that you could be reconciled to God, you now are never forsaken. Because Jesus has been forsaken on your behalf. So know that if you are in a difficult season, as many of us are right now, if you've just heard the news that your kids aren't going back to school for the next six months, and you're already going crazy, if you've lost your job, if you are just struggling with the uncertainty or the panic or the anxiety, You are never forsaken or abandoned. Jesus cried out his forsakenness for your sake. Jesus took on your sin so that you would be free from its outcome. Jesus experiences this God forsakenness so that you never have to. And ultimately, that's what makes this day good. In the midst of a crisis, in the midst of a global pandemic, personal suffering or upheaval, the cross sustains us. The cross upholds us. Because of him, we are never alone. The price has been paid for your sin. You are never forsaken because now nothing can ever separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen.